This is the Search Hustle Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and share the methods, tools, and experiences that we handle every week as digital marketers working with SMBs, franchises, e-commerce, and startups to help them grow their business. Hey everyone, welcome to the Search Hustle Podcast, where we uh, do things and teach people about digital marketing. <laughs> uh, it's just always awkward doing an intro by yeah, yourself. You're good uh, at but it. hello. Today we are hanging out with our man, Ken. William, first start off introducing Ken. How did you meet him? That kind of stuff. So I've known Ken for over five years. He's a software developer that I've been hunting down over the years <laughs> Uh, trying to figure out at what point of scale would my company need him? At what point would we have a software that we that we needed done in house? What point would we have the finances to build our own SEO software? And of course, those things happened uh, sometime this year, and I figured, you know what? Let's pull this guy out of the, the back room, out of the dark room, and just start talking to people so they can kind of, I don't know, think through some of the things I had to think through. So. Ken is our full-stack developer. He's the guy that says, oh, I'm so sorry you keep doing that over and over again. That's stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he just builds automations. And so every, he looks at things differently, schematically. Um, he looks at things in order and like chronologically. And then he says, now we can skip all of these steps with an automation. And so that's the guy. That's what his whole purpose is other than our uh, SEO softwares that we – we use to produce uh, very secret information on clients, <laughs> competitors. So, Ken, I think some of the questions I want to ask you today on the on the podcast for um, our listeners is, you know, I know for me when I knew it was time to reach out to a software developer, but may, I might ask you, when does a business owner, other than when they can afford it, right? Because <laughs> because at a certain point, it, there's total value in having a, a software developer. When does a business owner know? It's time for me to start meeting or even considering having a software developer in the house. Sure. Well, um, that's going to depend a good deal on the type of business and and where they're at in their in their business journey and how much of their stuff is automatable and so forth, and how much existing tooling exists for their particular industry or use case. If you can buy something off the shelf or or buy it as a service fairly cheap, and it's meeting all your needs, you may never need a software developer on staff. If you get to a point where you're using like a dozen different tools, that which is the one, case here, yeah, then um, you it, you may benefit at some point from bringing us with with incomplete value, right? Super super great tools, but each of them almost falls short. Every tool we've been trying to use lately has something missing, so we buy another tool right. that tries to fill that gap, but the, they don't speak to each other, and so we're just constantly like, "Where's this saved at again?" I don't know. Just, yeah, that's that's a whole field of development. Um, is basically as old as development. Systems integration has been a thing since there's been systems, and it's actually easier now than it used to be because there are at least some commonalities. So most things speak HTTP, TCP. Through the web, you can usually set up some central source of truth that everything else reports to mm-hmm. and from which everything else has to accept information. And in days of yore, that was that was a hardware problem. Like things literally had different hardware protocols, you know. Mm-hmm. So That's interesting. So, you know, I know how I vetted I, I know how I vet my team out. Like I'm a relationship person. Like most of the people that work in this agency I knew And a boater. And I'm a boater, yeah. <laughs> yep. Two days uh, going. Hey, he's, he's, he's making up for that boat, right? He took you out. You know, hey. that's, that's it, well, that was the real vetting of the boat. Per- yeah. the if it survived my uh, oh. my heft. Oh, gosh. <laughs> my heft. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so. Ken, you're me, losing weight. Don't 
dog yourself. Yeah, I'm not dog myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm a realist. Uh, I'm a realist. Okay, I want to so, scale. Uh, okay. And I, and I know what the, the bell curve is for the, you know, the weight distribution among males in the United so States. So that's your fault for being in front of a computer all day. All right, now. Yeah. When I vet out people, so on that's my the team, main thing. When vetting a programmer, don't trust a skinny one. Obviously, he's not okay. Oh, got you. Oh, I like go. that. I like there that. So th- that's where I'm going with this: is how, how does a business owner vet out a software developer? You've already given us one clue. If they're skinny, they are not in front of a computer. What, <laughs> like what a, are some like other ways? Cook, right? Yeah, or, like what the are some... not that good? Obviously, <laughs> you're not eating your own food there, right. my man. Okay, you're not in front of a computer all day, and you're not eating your food all day. <laughs> okay. So for me, I know that we had built a relationship over time. I watched you over time. You watched me run my. That's kind of cheating. Not everybody's gonna have to see like that. The ideal, though, for sure, the ideal of vetting any um, professional that's in a field that you are not yourself an expert, and you will not be ever be, and you will probably not be because you've chosen to do something else, like for example, SEO, mm-hmm. or even, like choosing a mechanic. How do you know the mechanic? You really don't know if they're a good mechanic until you get your car back, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you if you're not in a position to judge those things, um, I, I took my tire in the other day because it was leaking, and they gave it back to me and said no issues. I was driving to Destin, Florida, and it popped. So that would be an issue. <laughs> I trusted that guy. Yeah, and he probably just didn't want to change the tire that day. Yeah, I'm I had a good. I had a bad experience with a really good mechanic, super technically knowledgeable, um, in Oklahoma City. They have really good reviews built up over a number of years, and I think they're all legitimate from what I've seen and just from talking yeah. to them. And I actually know people there that have used them in the past. But their problem is kind of different. They're running a lot higher than I think their normal throughput is. And, you know, I kind of have an eye for this stuff because it's what I do, right, is help people you know, optimize their, their processes. And sitting in their place, because it was the only vehicle I had there, uh, I had to wait for it to be prepared. And looking at the people coming in and out and, and just the way they were going about it, they, they just they had probably established a really good throughput that they could handle. And they, they knocked it out of the park. And that got them more business than they could handle, and now they're falling short. I mean, they, they did stupid stuff that you wouldn't expect. They're like, the, they didn't hook up. They pulled the whole dash off my truck because it needed a new heater core. And when they put it back together, they didn't hook the antenna into the radio. Come on. Which means it has to <laughs> come back out yeah. again. So That's like, always my fear if I fix anything in my house. Well, and there were a couple of – Put it back together. A couple of other people came in with, with, with you know, similar type of complaints that I, I was able to hear because I was sitting right there. And it made me think, you know, these, these guys are – they're messing up a really good thing. So it makes me think, you know, unless you use a software development company – Right, that that you can look their reviews. Yeah, I didn't do that. You know, I needed to bring. Well, that's what I was gonna say. That your the ideal would be this: if you know people that are software developers and you've known them for some time, you can observe them over time and you kind of get a feel for what they're working. Just like your coworkers and your other friends, you know who really takes their job seriously and who doesn't. How does someone hire someone in software? Because you know you don't have reviews. I can't go look up your name, (laughs) Ken, and be like, "Oh, there's 15 five star reviews from all these software projects." You know, that's another that's another thing. The cobbler has no shoes, right? If you see a software developer with a really slick website their linkedin is completely up to date uh they have star reviews and all kind red of google crap flags that's yeah these are way, red flags way too good okay. with people you know to be any okay. good at a computer. red flag they have way too much time on your UI looks way too good to yeah. be a software dev you're doing more uh, website you you dev know a little too you. much html css yeah. and elementor yeah more, more likely than not that is a uh, that is a salesperson not an actual which is good because you know Salespeople have a role in this in this world as well. Oh yeah, you know that that's where everything starts and ends. If the, if the customer never pays any money and nobody collects that money, software developers are out of work. Go SEO away. guys SEO are out of work. Away. You know, okay, meat, so meat suppliers to restaurants are out. Of, everybody's out of work. Period. I <laughs> would say one thing, William, that you do here with us is you if 
if the opportunity's there, you you test us through contract labor. You let yeah. it. You might pay more of a premium to outsource things to us. But sure. That's how you realize. I've hired that some really good people off um, of contracts. Off of contracts, absolutely. But, but their rates were just too high, and I'm just like, you know, I'm an agency. I have tons of work. Right. I'm sorry, I'm not paying that rate. You do great work though. Well, you can renegotiate that, and, and it's it's understood among most people. Um, you know, myself, for example, you've known. Me and when they several. don't renegotiate, it dries up. It dries up. Sure, and that, that I've had here. And that may, may or may not be what they want. So what I do, I learned this actually from a lawyer. What I do when I have too much work, other than do the thing that the mechanic shop did that I told you, you raise about. your prices exactly. Yeah, I raise my prices until I, I I drive off the people that can't pay them, and sometimes that's kind of cheesy because sometimes those are the people I wanted, and sometimes you know, obviously being me, I will I will I will forego the higher paying work to work with people that I actually like. Yeah, we we have grand. <laughs> Fathered people in from five, six years ago that are paying way under what our current yeah. prices are right. because they're grandfathered in, because they are great clients. They were there for we you love. when you started. They were there you know? for us when we started. Yeah. You know, I look at uh, I business. do that routinely as well, and I don't regret it. Yeah. Uh, business is an evolution. You know, you're in the forest, you're on dirt roads, you're on pavement. When you're in the forest, those clients usually don't pay a lot. You don't have a little pro- lot of processes. You don't have forest a lot of track. Clients? Yeah, so you don't have, like, you know, think of you're in the forest, you don't have processes, you don't have roads. You're kind of just thinking on the spot those clients usually when you start to have processes you've got dirt roads built so like those those clients don't usually uh translate into the area because you raise your prices those um employees don't usually translate because people that want to just do it any way they can now you've got some set ways on the dirt roads oh you've got some things done i've seen that at almost every every shop that i know (laughs) of that has grown um it's extremely rare that people were there in the first iteration or Mm -hmm. like by the third or fourth cycle through that system you know i think of my wife she's our project manager she's really great on pavement and so as as our agency has moved from from the jungle to the dirt roads to She'll the get pavement. more and more comfortable. She she every day she gets more comfortable because yeah. we get more and more. And other pavements. people will leave because now they're bored. And and I'll have to let <laughs> I'll have to let go of people right. because they don't translate. It's nothing. You may have to let them go, but it's more often than not. Um, at least in my case, you know, I I have never worked other than on contract. I have never worked professionally for a company that employed a like if there is a literal HR department. And within that department, sub-departments through which you have to proceed to get a job, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm done before I start. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I have found that to be true in this space. With marketers, what I have seen is marketers, devs, you're all, we're all really, we're all, we live at the bleeding edge for the most part. So they're usually pretty good in the jungle, on the dirt road, and on the pavement. Like you can yeah, well, give them a you, set of processes. You have to adapt to all three of those because typically – you know, it's um, it's kind of an idealization that a company goes through these processes in sequence and all together. Really what happens is, you know, you might have one contract that's requiring you to be on, what do you call it, the pavement or whatever. Mm-hmm. You may have a series of them yep. that are still in the forest, and you have to deal with all of them. Yeah. Right. So you, you're In marketing, you are always we, – we were talking, you're always pushed back into the forest. Google's changing <laughs> things all the time. You're always got something that the competition catches up. Google changes something, you're yeah, back was, in the forest. Just like pavement. If you look at any road in Oklahoma, now that I come here to visit, I see oh, – yeah. You know, the, the nature pushes up through the pavement. <laughs> but it's, it's magic. Over time, we now have a vehicle that gets out of that forest a little quicker. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we got mm-hmm. we got a vehicle that can get us to a dirt road. Yeah, we we know how to get dirt roads laid quite quite quickly. And now. we have those clients that gave us the gas to get out of the forest to begin with, and so we don't. Yeah, you guys are big on gas behind. here. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah, big yeah, on yeah, gas. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta put some money down. That's what we Google call gas around right? here. That's what we're talking about. No, we're we're calling <laughs> we're talking about Dogecoin. Oh, okay, Doge Dogecoin. We're talking about Bitcoin. 
annoying. Well, and you know, if you get to the point in the forest where the forest is just, you know, it's so dense you can't make any progress, and you have a friend with a bulldozer, maybe you have him just come knock down some space for you, you know? And that's what a full-stack developer can do for From you. time to time. <laughs> and that's what money does, because, it, it, you know what I mean? You're in a client with a client, and we're in the forest, and they're new, and they want to compete with, you know, $10 million SEO, it, it, companies that have tens of millions of dollars in their SEO, and 20 years working on it, it does take a bulldozer. But if you have money, we've got the team. We can bulldoze. True. It's just the, the rabbit out of the hat thing we don't have to do as, yeah. as often anymore. Cause... I always say as I'm doing the scopes of work for people, like, it depends on how we can be more aggressive. Like like yeah. you're saying, like, you're just getting started and you're competing with people who have been in the space five or ten years and they're yeah. way ahead of you. So we can start getting you in the space slowly and mm-hmm. you're going to feel the change. Or we can start getting in you in the space more aggressively and you're yep. really going to feel the change. Absolutely. So. And that short run, that long run, the 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 takeoff, the landing and the takeoff, it's we like can the people shorten that, and lengthen those. The people that want to spend, like, I've been spending $50 the last month on Google Ads. I should be number one now. Well, I use Haibu. Like, I want to be the best. I use Haibu or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, Haibu. Yeah, like, I pay $1.99 for my <laughs> SEO. Like, why am I That is one thing one? I dislike about SEO. The nature of you guys' game is, is is zero sum. Now you work at an SEO company, so be careful. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying I'm saying the, the 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 nature of that type of marketing. Yeah, you guys do it exceptionally well. Um, I will say that. When you say you guys, you mean you too, right? I, I mean, you're a software developer at an SEO company. You are an SEO employee. I am an SEO Accept contractor. Accept it for the moment. <laughs> Accept it. Accept it. Look, <laughs> here's yeah, the, the thing about it: is it, it, it um, What do you mean zero sum? Well, I mean, there's only there's only so much space on the first page of Google, and that's everybody's goal. Yeah, but right? there's a million different terms that are applicable. Ah. Yeah, so there's, so there's a million different terms. So like I with mean, dentists, yeah, if you search dentist, there's a million of them. But if you search, you know, teeth replacement, dentist who accepts this teeth kind po- of insurance, teeth polishing, uh, whitening my teeth, you know. Uh, dentist that's really good with crooked teeth. I'm new to but the still, area. I need my for, teeth for fixed. Any, for any set of these terms, there's still only a particular number of positions on Google yeah. for which you can get. Three. And some of the, three. Some, yeah, basically. One, two, and three. We looked at that, basically. And then <laughs> there's also ads that may or may not push that even further down and questions Absolutely. that may or may not push mm-hmm. that down. And there will and be ads. And you, you are working for Dentist A. Meanwhile, some other SEO team is working for Dentist B. It's cool for you guys because it's like being a professional sports team. There's never an yeah. end to it, you know? They're going to hit a run. There you got to hit a run. You hit yeah, two, absolutely. they got to hit one. It's all market-driven. It's yeah, all but, competitive. That's why we live at the bleeding edge. But it, it seems difficult to me to compound on that. And I haven't studied it. You know, I've only been here a little while. So What um, do you mean compound? Well, I like – in development work, there's a lot of things where you can do things that compound. You can mm-hmm. optimize a process that – in, in return, makes three other processes more easy to do, and those can be optimized, and you, you can build on things. We have compounding. In yes. SEO results? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we have the local SEO, the, the GMB. Running ads actually brings some SEO value because people come to the site even though they paid to get there. They come and find do actions on the site. Okay. We can connect email marketing, which a, a lot, drives them back to the site. We add content. We drive them back to the blog. They go there, add dwell time, come back every month so we get this return value. We've got this Facebook, blogging social strategy, remarketing. social media media pushing them there facebook remarketing there's all kinds of doing the directories the flora and fauna doing press releasing what is mentioned flora in, and fauna in directories so for directories directory you know, still a thing that's still important it's what we call flora fauna so it's just expectation whereas once that's it gave a boost now. yeah it's, it's okay it's table stakes you. it's just buying everybody's doing it now. everyone's so, doing yeah you yeah. just need to do so it. you only stand out now if you haven't done that properly exactly in the if wrong way if your nap witch is uh faulty in some that's way. right yeah and so it's a flora and fauna so so we we do have count 
compounding. One, we just we've got great content on a lot of uh, sites. Two, where one thing I think we do really well against the competition is is we write really high quality skyscraper content and then we track it. We see well, how see, well it does over time. Skyscraper. That's back to the zero sum. So I I have written a massively wonderful thing about hiring a developer and I've put it on my you know Ken the developer blog and, and it's, saw it. I'm no I'm doing great. Oh, I'm okay. killing it. <laughs> and so now my competitor developer mad you know the bad guy worse bad enough mm-hmm. he comes and he tells William William this Ken here doing bad good I want to beat him and William immediately looks at my badass blog and says aha I will skyscraper that and he goes and gets his guys to look at my stuff and write something even better. I don't just look at yours I look at yours yeah, and, all, the, them, and yes. all the Kens out there and I say okay Ken one Ken A has this page Ken B has these three pages and this downloadable resource Ken C has this form fell out and a questionnaire Ken D uses Calendly and gets them right into a meeting Ken One link? E, does he push the does he push the information into the link if we'll look at it and so what I would do is I'll set up a digital SWAT strengths weaknesses opportunities threats yes. uh, not against just you of course I will look at that page I'll of course Why I'll is look it not at SWOT? yeah no <laughs> Um, you know, I did pretty good in English. I usually just go with things when okay, it's when it's said SWAT. I just go with it. They spell it differently than the probably real SWAT. one person mispronounced it, and that's how it is. Right <laughs> Why would you make that a hard O anyway? Where, give me an example where a, a, an O single letter SWAT. is a hard O or SWAT. W-O-T would be woke, SWAT like wide open throttle. So SWAT mop M O P mop. So it'd be a, hard, a soft A. It's a soft A for an O. So it'd be SWAT. Okay. This is why we are marketers, not English Mop. majors. SWAT. <laughs> so it'd be SWAT. I'll and go with SWAT. This is why I'm never allowed on a microphone. <laughs> I'll go with SWAT. First, I won't talk because I see it, and then I forget it's there. And I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna set that digital, uh, and then we're you know we're gonna we're gonna help you set a local if it if it applies. If you really, which software devs have no boundaries, like you could work for anyone located anywhere. Well, that's not good either because you also compete with the world. I I see. We like clients that want to compete with the world. We we like that. I like we, that about you. We like we like that ambition. And, and those are the actually do, I do I do too, frankly. And I've worked with several international teams, and I, I end up always making like a true friend. One of one of the guys that I'm closest to online is in Poland, <laughs> and I've never actually met him in person, but he's a great developer. Yeah. Well, we think you're a great developer, but at the same time, we don't know crap about development, so there is that. Um, yeah. No, you've done a great job. So one thing, you did a really great job so with us. at the end us. of the day, two things. Uh, back to the vetting thing. I guess you'll eventually cut this up. And- <laughs> oh, no, this, this goes as it is. Oh, my yep, God. We're leaving it all in. Good luck to the people that it's listen. It's a conversation. Do, do, you have, do you give them, like, a guide at least? Uh, the guide is it's a bit really big scribble. At your, at your own risk, I think, is the uh, So the one the thing that we did uh, when we veered off the first or 35th time, was, I think, uh, about the vetting process. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is an important thing to understand is because if you're not in a good position uh, to know the quality of the work when you see it, like I can show you my code. It wouldn't tell you much. You show me the code all the time, and it tells yeah. me nothing. I, I, well, I try to point it out in such a way that it does. but I No, mean, no, you point it out in a way it still makes no sense. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, I try anyway. It's, it's not you, Ken. It's, the, well, it's the, me. See, okay, so like intermediate, eventually there's an end result that you see, right? There's either some, if it's back-end code, there's going to be something in your workflow that should be improving. Mm-hmm. If it's a visual layer, that's rather easier to see. Like if you're, a front, if you're hiring a front-end developer, you can look at the product. Sure. And, and see if you like it. If it's yeah. back-end stuff, it's kind of harder. It's a little tougher. But uh, the best way around that, I would say, in, in descending order of, of preference, is one, someone you already know or, or, or that you've already seen their work for other people and you have a good reason to believe that, that they will continue that same high standard for you. Mm-hmm. Second best, I would say, is um, someone that that person might recommend to you. So you might know somebody, and actually I've done this for William, I've done it for other people as well. 
uh, I, it's not a good fit for me, but I'll try to help you find somebody that can do yeah, that. Yeah, right? absolutely. And um, because you know a ton of developers that right. are very high in the in development field. And generally, you know, like most other recommendations, there's an implied. You know, we're not signing a contract. You can't sue me if the guy screws you Sucks over anyway. But he doesn't suck. But right. sometimes there's bad fish. Sometimes there's bad fish, and and you can't get away from that. But there's an implication that I'm not going to recommend to you somebody that I already know it sucks. Right. You know, what I'm saying? there's at least going to be <laughs> had bad experiences. Right. Which it's there. There it's a possibility. You know, you did say something. How and do I know? And the last thing would be like what Dusty said, which is um, I would almost always start somebody with a contract yeah. of a relatively limited scope where they make one deliverable that, you know, in a, in a finite time and then see how that works out for you. Yeah, on a project base that works. But for me, you know, that that wouldn't really have applied because what I needed you to do. Well, again, uh, it didn't really apply because I already known you for years. You know so, so how I went about it was, and, and of course I didn't You wanted to get the most loud. stuff done in, in the least time. I wanted to see if you could come in and without me tell you what my pain points are and see if you could identify them. Right. And well, so then were, you came in, looked at all the softwares <laughs> and started pulling the APIs, started reading the documentation, started figuring out what can communicate to what, you know, how what can I get from this? What can I get from that? How can I combine this and aggregate it? And so then, you know, once you, workflowed our whole system and then you started saying okay here here are the breakdowns here's why are you a human in this little gap here why right. are you again the human in this little gap and so that that to me if is a business owner other business owners may have to use that same strategy is can can the developer come in uh spend a month with you a week with you a month with you and then sit down and diagram your systems and say here are the links here are the connections here are the hooks that are missed missed and here's how i can make y'all's uh how, here's how i can help you guys scale because at the end of the day i want to take on more contracts like i love the contract load we have the lead load we have but at what point does my whole system just crumble my net crack and and so my fear is always just a couple more just a couple more (laughs) and i want to be ahead of that and make sure that when you don't want to do what the mechanic shop did yeah no if if you know i love these five five pound fish and we've caught a couple 10 pound fish and we've even caught a 50 pound fish but what if my net hits 350 pound fish you know what happens to my system does it does it smash and so like that's why having a a a software dev dev for me getting ahead of those points Mm -hmm. where then it's all of a sudden you know what only cast nets for 50 pound fish we're ready. And I yeah. would say, like, as my experience being a business owner, one of my faults was waiting till after I needed a system or after I needed equipment to purchase that equipment. Well, that is always the default. Uh, I would say that the, well, the default setting for people is. Not me. No, you're, 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 yeah. you're, you're an exception. You're, you are an exception. I said it was my fault. No, and, and he's saying it's many. Well, and, and I he, think it the is The difference many. is you've been a business owner. He's been a business owner, and he knows a lot of business owners. I have worked for a lot of business owners that have had these problems, and I see when do they bring You've been a in. business owner. You're, you're have, software. Actually, I'm still a business owner yeah. in some sense. The, um, it is, it, I would say about two-thirds of the time or more, maybe three-quarters of the time, by the time they actually call me in to do stuff, not too late. It can still be done, right? But they would have benefited more had they called me earlier. Yeah, it, it's it's a rarer person that calls me like before. Now William like literally not called me, but started talking to me about stuff before he even had problems. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Before he even had a business, he sure. was just William yeah. selling yeah. ice. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I mean, legal ice, by the way, with flavoring. Yeah, you know? ice, uh, shaved ice. I had six shaved, shaved ice. Yeah, let's make true. that clear. Um, 
<laughs> so using software all day long, having friends that are in franchising who have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on their own software, I'm always thinking to myself, how can I stop paying this software company five grand a month? How can I pay <laughs> stop paying this one five hundred a month? How, right. how can and I connect them? Most people don't them? get to that build. Now, here's another thing I'll tell you. Along with the vetting thing, the other two things I will tell you, I will give you good advice right now for free to the whole world. And if you listen to this, you'll be this is rare. This is way rare. better off. Yeah, because he usually nothing charges me is for good free. Advice. I like to charge. <laughs> well, these guys have already paid for this great advice. For you. <laughs> Brought to you by search people. Thanks for that coffee. Search people. Search people. You're a good man. Number one, if you are a consultant or a business owner and you come into a business that doesn't want to tell you their pain points up front, they want you to discover them with your secret sleuthing skills. The way you do this in almost every business, and if you're a business owner, you can do this yourself. You go to the people who do the work every day and you say, without their boss present, what have you been telling your boss for the yeah. last year or so that he hasn't listened to? <laughs> yeah. And you make a list of those things. And then you present them to the boss as if they were novel ideas. <laughs> and the boss says, this is great stuff. This is yeah. new. I've never heard this exactly. before. This is, <laughs> basically, yes. This is new information. This is what I've been telling everyone to tell me. <laughs> 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 and oh, then, you know, on the way out, you pat everybody on the back. Yeah, yeah. pat them on the back. After William leaves for the day to go on his boat, we're like, yes, yeah. guys, you help yeah. pay my paycheck today. Yeah. Okay. But so you've still done a service. You've still done a service to the company. It, you know, the old joke, when the very first job I had as a consultant, uh, the guy that, a guy that was a VP of an actual bigger consulting company said, you know what the definition of a consultant is, right? And I said, yeah, somebody goes and helps people with their problems. He said, no, the consultant is a guy <laughs> who will steal your watch and then charge you to tell you the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like it. That's what SEO is. In I mean, a, in a roundabout it, way. we're really just, we're look, we're taking cues from the client. Who, what is your value proposition? Who, what are you trying but to rank for and sell to? the funny thing is, you know, it, when, when you describe it in bare terms, it sounds kind of sneaky. But in reality, you're still performing a great service. You're keeping them at forefront yeah. of the market. And as a consultant, when you yeah. come to a company, guess what? If you can actually go to the people that are doing the work every day and find these things out, that means those things, those needs are still not being met. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And if you get them met, you've still performed a service. Yeah, yeah I would say 99 out of 100 clients w- would thank us with a, hearty hearty handshake well that's actually why i've recommended you in the past is because the first thing that stood out to me is your personality is um i will say how do i say it to the public? <laughs> unique for a person that does as much uh public facing things as you mm-hmm. do. it's unusual yeah. most of those people are oily and you know they come to you snake with... oil a lot of our clients say it's snake oil yeah well not just that i'm saying yeah, on, on a personal on a lot a personal of people level. we yeah. leads we get yeah. is this yeah. snake oil yes on a personal level that's been my experience most people in marketing and of course you know obviously i have a strong bias i'm a developer Developing and marketing are, are two things that are kind yeah. of oil and water. Yeah. But uh, the oil side is definitely the marketing side. <laughs> I'm okay and, with being and, o- living in oil. And the people are um, – the perception is that they'll agree with you for anything. That they don't take strong stands. They might a, offend that's somebody. That's a salesman. That's not a relationship guy. Yeah. I'm a relationship guy. Well, and that surprises Salesmen me are a little, little oily. You, you – um, you're yourself. I will put it that way. Yeah. That, that was what stood out to me most. You were yourself. And Not despite that, yes, you were yourself, better or for worse. You know, you yeah. state your opinions clearly sure. and, and, and sometimes even boldly. Always and despite boldly. that, I noticed that um, you had a relatively high retention rate with clients and people, people, this is the, this is the key. I hope I ever can get this to myself. I'll never know. Cause you know, you, you never know how other people see you. Only other people can see that. Right. But one thing that stood out to me about William and I, I'm not going to name names, but early on Dusty. a couple of people, no, before I even knew Dusty, <laughs> a couple of people who did not like William did not like him. I wouldn't say couldn't stand him, but did not like him would prefer not to be around him. 
liked his work. <laughs> yep. And that that to me is that's I what I look no for. Clue. I have no clue who that would even no. refer to. Because, but um, I've known several engineers like that. Now, with engineering, it's different if they have to work on a team. Yeah. But if you can just throw stuff over the wall to people like that, that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. And I noticed that um, you know he retained his clients. Well, I can tell you this well. about myself. I have um, a fear of failure, and so some people have fear of success. Some people have other – there's several fears that drive humans, but I can tell you the, the, the fear that drives me is fear of failure. And so when I read the book Turning the Flywheel, it asks you to do a flywheel. One of the fly piece flywheel components was if we take on a client, there are no clients left behind. And so I have that fear of that one client – Saying our work sucks, regardless, or that we're not good at what we do. Regardless of their their budget, regardless of really, you know, they pay for what they need, and they tell us they they're in some other contract we never signed. I have that fear of failure, and so that helps. That works out for our. So that's a healthy. healthy It's a healthy thing for the for the client. I would go with that. Yeah, because I don't want to fail, and I'm on your team. You partnered with with our, you know, my name's on the door. And you partnered with my company, and I have a fear of, of being called you know, bad at what I do. And so oh. I will over-hustle for you. Yes. And now I remember the second thing I, I actually wanted to share with people. The first thing, obviously, is you know I've already told you how to find out your own pain points really relatively. Um, if you have employees, listen to it. <laughs> the second thing I would say uh, is, I might have a different opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's more complicated than that. that. That's the first pass. The second pass, the tooling piece, you can't if expect. You, can. you can't expect the people in the company to understand how to you know look at the APIs and see what the potentials are there. If they knew that, they probably wouldn't have called you in the first place. But just for the day-to-day operational piece to, to get the first thing out of the way, just ask the people to do the work, what they do. Sometimes they won't even know until they tell you because they're so damn busy and they do it every day. It becomes second nature. It's like tying your shoes. What do you do when you tie your shoes you would probably have to stop and think about that for a minute when you were when you're you know when you're first grade or whenever you learned you remembered oh i have to cross this one with that one i have to do this but now you just do it your your shoes are tied right now i've automated i don't even tie my (laughs) shoes or or like these these are badass right here (laughs) but um but yeah so you you sometimes have to drag it out of people actually what they do on a daily basis because they do it so frequently and so automatically and repetitively that they don't know. And those are the crucial things to look at because automatic and repetitive means computers should be doing that. People people aren't built for that. It's not, it's not a good use of people power. Hence Elon making those robots. Thank you, Elon. I, I think when we talk about... Uh, oh, but the second thing. Yeah, get That's to the, the second thing. Thing. The second thing. What is the second thing? I just had it in my mind. No hap, no clue. He keeps talking about the first thing over and <laughs> the, over and over again. That first thing's important. Listen That's why it's people. first. Listen to people. Yeah, Listen no, the second, the second thing is what you're talking about building um, and buying software. So if you Google build versus buy software, you will 99% see things that are going to tell you you should buy software. You should never, ever build software. And I have a theory behind that. If you were to look at almost every one of those advertisements and or content pieces that are on there to tell you you should always buy the software, guess who's behind it? Who? People that sell software. <laughs> Imagine that. That and it, 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 it is a good thing. The one that's actually legit. I think it's both. I think it's both. The one that's legit is the bare metrics um, calculator. They have a very simple calculator online where you can plug in some numbers like a developer yeah, salary, how many hours it takes, out. and the maintenance sure. piece, and then how much the software. Some people's developments costs. are going to be hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Right. So, like, if somebody says, "You know, I'd like to make a major search engine and not Google right out of the box," you yeah. know, that's not a five dollar contract. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, that's not a five dev team either. That's not even a five million dollar. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a five hundred person team. Yeah, that that's that's a big thing. Unless, am you, I understating five hundred person team? I think Google has something like thirty thousand in here, exactly, roughly. Yeah. So, but here's the thing: you might be able to make a, a DuckDuckGo. Uh, <laughs> you could make you could okay. So here's the thing: you could make a Google. Most of what Google is doing is infrastructure to handle the scale that they have. Because when you stood up on day one, you wouldn't have Google traffic. No, you, they've got right? <laughs> seventy other products. Yes. So you, I mean, actually, you could not Google. In theory, 
you, you focused on that. one one component. Yeah, and the one the thing search. That, that would be, and the first thing you would do is you know searches in particular in a particular niche, right? Now, right. I mean, you try to take example. on images, take sure. on video. Something Don't like take that. on video search because they got YouTube, but you could create something for yeah, image you, search. Then you're fighting double battle. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> You yeah. can take on map search or scholarly search. So it could, in theory, be done. But the um, when you build versus buy is basically going to compare. Uh, and like I said, that calculator is actually a good way to look at it. You just look at the salary. Of, you know what? What would the software cost to cost, build? Time, and then what? What is the thing versus buy? Cost. And you still have to look into maintenance costs. But here's the thing: the the real reason to build something is when what you want can't be bought at any price. Because the people that are selling software. If they went to me or to William, would tell them the same thing. You need to have a big enough addressable market to make it worth your time to mm-hmm. develop the software to release it to the public. Yeah. Right? If you don't, so they're going to make it, even the niche products, even the niche products are going to be generic enough that they apl- they will do good enough job for enough people to make it a viable they business. They just charge more. It's in a right? niche. Exactly. And then they try to bump it up a little bit. The, the alternative is, you know, it's like, have, do you go buy jeans that are 36 or 34 when you're actually a 35.2. Neither one's well, going to quite fit you, you but either one will work. you need both because you probably hit 34 and you probably hit 36 <laughs> at times of the year. Yeah, yeah depending. Right? <laughs> or do you go to a tailor and get a bespoke suit, right? Mm. Depends where you're going. Depends what the what, what the use case is for that for that piece of clothing. But a lot of, surprisingly, a, a large number of businesses, especially smaller businesses, are unique enough in, in the combination of things they do. They may be in, in several verticals that are super common, but the particular cross points of what they do in those verticals require something that's a little bit different than what they can get anywhere else mm-hmm. and and that's a good that's opportunity a, that's a use, good use case that is a good use case to build yeah. your own software yep. another and that's is, a prime example of us yes you, you that's follow our use case well, you fall in both you fall in that one you also fall in the, in the use case where um you have multiple tools that do do a vertical piece of a slice do of your they business good do do or do they poo poo well it depends on the tool <laughs> yeah they all poop <laughs> am i allowed to everybody say tool poops. names here <laughs> i mean everybody knows hrefs screaming no. frogs there's one in particular that's Google lighthouse here. answer the public none of those are poo pooing there's one that a cello. Oh, a cello is our software that we track all of our client work. We... That, that would be a good case of the generic case. So they, they tried. They tried to take a thing. And this is something I've actually wanted to do before. They call it ServOps. You know where they they have aggregated basically basically an ERP system for service companies that don't have logistics and inventory, which should simplify things. But you know one of the problems with a tool that does a lot of things is it, it becomes increasingly difficult to do any one thing very well. Right. But that's not my complaint. Which I don't look at yeah solo that way. My complaint against them is their their API structure. Right, and my cons- complaint against them is the thirty thousand foot view, twenty thousand foot view across they don't all provide our clients it. at all. They don't provide it, and they don't yeah. make it easy for me to assemble. And that's you. why I knew as I was going through my own needs for software with Monday and what's the other one that we use Asana, Asana, and then we landed on Asana. A, didn't have a good view for you. No, that? Sharp Springs. We looked at some that had like five pieces. Mm-hmm. That was too expensive and then we looked at a cello and it, it had all modules for everything basically. modules for everything and then and then we looked at a cello we landed on a cello we spent a, a year plus and i just knew that i was still not getting what i needed and so i knew ken and i had been talking for years i knew it was eventually going to be time to start talking about an seo you know the bot that we've been developing. well that would be the third use case and where you the, definitely want to build is when you have an idea there's not a, a, an idea that actually could be interesting to other people as well the software is not commonly available or you haven't been able to find it, mm-hmm. that would be a good use case for building something. Which is what we found yeah. on the SEO front. That would be your secret project. That is our secret project. <laughs> we have found an SEO component that no software we use, and we use all, all of them in, right. in some days, and then none of them in other days, but like <laughs> <laughs> all of them one day, and then it's just like we just use Google and uh, you know Search Console the next day, and we get so much info out of that Search Console. But like, you know, I've got this tool, and I'm talking to Ken, and Ken's kind of unwrapping 
unwrapping the SERPs in ways that, you know, SEOs can't unwrap without a software developer. You just look at it differently from a dev's perspective. And so we have him unwrapping some things, and then I'm just like, well, just so you know, there's no tool that actually shows that data for a competitor. For me, a client, to look at a competitor's strategy in this regard, and I'm not mentioning it yet, but to look what they're doing so that I can know what I need to do, right? Because it's about that It adds another level to your your CI. SWOT analysis, your competitive intelligence. To your um, confidential informant. Yeah. (laughs) And so when I look at the SWOT, I want to see more of what the competitor's doing well so I can say, mine. And that's what we do for our clients. What's your competitor doing well? Mine. Well, that's why we don't get Ken out of the uh, back room because (laughs) he doesn't stop talking. $500. Yeah, Ken's $500 (laughs) an hour. So, yeah, that was, um, you're right. It was a good use of your time, but I think on build versus buy here, you should have bought an hour from somebody else. No, that's great. Well, uh, hopefully we can talk to Ken more often. I know you guys want to hear from software developers. He's got a, a unique take. And maybe if you have questions, you can always email me, William at Nozak Consulting, William at uh, searchhustle.com. And we can always get devs in here. We can get our technical SEO guys. We can get our web developers, our content writers. We can get our project managers. Really, we'd love to answer any questions for you. Till next time, see ya. Love is a strong word, <laughs> but we will do it. Thanks for listening to the Search Hustle podcast. If you're interested in learning more about digital marketing and taking your knowledge to the next level, be sure to check out searchhustle.com, where we've got tons of free content, stuff that we use every week to market businesses as well as our in-depth digital marketing course. Start your Search Hustle today at searchhustle.com.